Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Hello and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Rob Longo with Stewardship and Mission of Faith, and I'm joined today by Tom DeAngelis, Tom Terrace, and Tom Fertile. How are you guys doing? Great, Rob. Great, Great Rob. Uh, It's good to be here. Good yeah. to be here. Uh, so for those of you who have been with us before, welcome back. For those who are new, Reflections from the Heart is an outreach of Stewardship and Mission of Faith, where we just get together and, and break open the gospel that we will hear this coming Sunday. Uh, so when we go to Mass, we're not hearing it for the first time. We get to dig in. So if you're able to, open up either your Bible or somewhere online to John 15, 9 to 17. John 15, 9 to 17. That'll be the gospel that we'll, uh, we'll be praying through today. But before we do, Tom, could you open us up with a prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Lord, we just take a moment to, to pause, to place ourselves in your presence the beauty of the world you've created in, in this time of spring as new life begins to abound around us. We contemplate, reflect on uh, what new do you have to do in our life? Where are the areas that we need to cultivate? A blossoming seed, a new initiative, a new practice, a new endeavor, a relationship. Help guide our hearts, guide our minds, guide our actions that we may know what needs to be tended to in our own hearts, in our own lives, and our families. And we ask just for your, your grace and guidance to have the courage to persevere, to make changes where necessary, and to always draw closer to you in all that we do, in all that we think, and all that we say. And we ask this all through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Tom. Certainly. And Tom Terrace. Yes. Would you share the gospel with us, brother? Yes, again, it's... Uh, um, the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 9 through 17. Jesus said to his disciples, As the Father loves me, so I also love you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy might be complete. This is my commandment. Love one another as I love you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I no longer call you slaves, because a slave does not know what his master is doing. I have called you friends, because I have told you everything I have heard from my father. It was not you who chose me, but I who chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit that will remain, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. This I command you, love one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Kicking it up a notch. <laughs> All right, we've heard Jesus, you know, love one another, love one another, but as, as I love you, that's... Uh, that takes it to a whole takes it to a whole nother level. Um, I mean, most of us aren't going to be physically crucified, 
because uh, that's how Jesus showed us. That's how he proved. I mean, love is an action, right? It's a verb. So he proved his love for us many, many ways. But the ultimate proof, the ultimate demonstration, the ultimate action was the crucifixion. So we're not going to be crucified on a cross, most likely, but we're going to be called to sacrifice. And we're going to be called to when we don't feel like it. You know, three in the morning, you know, your daughter asks you for a, a glass of water. You know, you have to go downstairs. That's, you know, that's sacrifice. Or you're, you know, called to, you know, help out at, at, a, you know, at a relative's house to clean up the yard, but you had other things that you wanted to do and you sacrifice and you do it anyway. Um, so we're called to die to ourselves, to, to trade, uh, trade our plans for, you know, what, the opportunity to serve that God has put in, in front of us. So it's you know, the whole trading self, selfishness for selflessness, mm-hmm. trading comfort and ease for you know, a little bit of discomfort. Um, so love one another as I have loved you. It's uh, simple. We can memorize it in a moment, but uh, take a lifetime to really, truly live it out. Yeah, and earlier in, in John's gospel, um, actually is part of this um, Good Supper, or Last Supper discourse that Jesus does. Uh, he says he says the same thing: love one another as I loved you. But he calls it a, a new commandment I give you, you know. And then he he picks up on the commandment idea here and goes through and repeats it again. But I think the interesting thing about it was that, and it was only a couple years ago that I, I don't I remember. I guess I was reflecting with some people, or a priest might have brought it up that, you know, this, Jesus said this is a new commandment. You know, this isn't the same old. So he went back and, and actually connected it. He said, you know, in some of the other Gospels, Jesus is asked, what's the greatest commandment? Love God, you know, um, with your whole heart, your whole soul, your whole mind. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And you think about that, you think there's still a little bit of me involved in, in that commandment. And that's the, the, those are both quotes from the Old Testament. So that's really the Old Testament, the old law that Jesus says here in John's gospel and repeats it again here. He says, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. And then, you, like you said, Rob, you, put, you fill in the blank and realize how he loved us was through his willing, willingness to sacrifice himself in obedience to the Father for us. You know, and it puts a whole new. Per- this is where the new, the whole concept of the New Testament comes about. It can be summarized as Jesus does right here. It comes down to one commandment: love one another as I've loved you. Who's one another? Everybody that's around me. You know, as I've loved you, and it's just a, it's it's a huge challenge, but it's really an enlightening. Uh, it's a step forward when you think about it. And, and, you know, love, love is a verb, you know, love, love yeah. requires action. You know, we forget that many times, you know, in our, in our faith life, we like the mercy, we like the language about, you know, um, you'll remain in my love and your joy will be complete and, you know, et cetera. But there's, you know, if you look at this passage, there's, there's two big ifs in there as well. You know, yeah. if you keep my commandments, you remain in my love, you know, um, you are my friends if you do what I command you, you know, and, and we're and we're quick and rightly so to point out the mercy and the love, you know, well, Jesus didn't condemn the woman at the well, neither should we, right? But he said to her, "Go and sin no more." You know, so we, it's, an, it's a relationship. There's an active part here, um, and, and and upholding the commandments. Uh, that's how mm-hmm. we remain in love. It's not simply, right. uh, you know, um, an act of the uh, an act of the intellect. You know, I believe uh, there's an act of the will in, in in what we do. And I think sometimes, you know, we want we want to forget that part. You know, um, because God's love is endless and His mercy is endless, and He will forgive us. But it doesn't mean that we continue to just do things our own way. Yeah. You know, it's 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 a relationship. I look at I always equate 
our relationship with God just with our normal relationships on earth. I mean, you've got mm. you've got friends and you stay friends with people as long as you treat them decently like a friend. And you can yeah. break that relationship. You can damage that relationship. And it's no different with God. We can do things to, you know, get into sin, right? We can we can damage that relationship or we can break it if we do something, you know, uh, totally uh, against God's command. So it's just a good reminder that it's it is a um, it is a relationship. It needs it needs fostering. It needs cultivation. It needs care, and and we have uh, an obligation. It's not a, and it's not a small one. I mean, it's, it's it's when you read this, you know, it's it's pretty it's pretty direct. You know how 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 will I stay within God's love? How will how will I stay within the love of Jesus by doing the things that that He has has prescribed? And again. They're to our benefit. It's not to, mm-hmm. you know, it's not to ruin our life or to cramp our style. It's to say, if you want to live a whole, um, uh, a fulfilled life on this world to be with me in, in, the, in the next, well, then here's how you live that life. So uh, it's an action, you know. Love is all you need. Well, it's true, <laughs> but love's a verb, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's all, all married people, you know. All you need is love, yeah, but love, love requires action. And forgiveness, I think. Uh, that's the, you know, how can we love you know, someone who treats us, mistreats us, and yet God calls us to love them. So we have to forgive, you know, when someone, you know, that's sitting next to us that we don't want to love, who's, you know, I don't know, I, you know, if you look at the, the stuff that's going on in the world today, you know, like that that lady who gave that horrible thing at the White House Correspondents' Dinner, you know, the uh, insulting so many people, and, you know, can you can you say I love you after receiving that? Jesus calls us to love that person. How? By forgiving them. You know, like they don't know what they're doing, Father. Mm-hmm. Forgive them. This woman doesn't know what she's doing. You know, it's not easy, you know, but you have to, you know, if I was on the end of that, receiving that so called humor, mm-hmm. you know, to feel the pain that it's causing and to, to say, I feel this pain, but I give it to you, Lord, and I forgive this person. And I think that's how we remain in his love. Tom Fertile reminds us with the, with the word if, that there's another if uh, relating to forgiveness. Jesus says, if you forgive others from your heart, then the Heavenly Father mm-hmm. can forgive you. That's a huge if, you know? So yeah. I want to receive the Heavenly Father's forgiveness, but I have to live up to my if. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's going to hurt. You're not going to feel I'm not going to feel like mm-hmm. it. Um, but love is a decision. Love's an action. So, uh, yeah, I, my mind wasn't going at all to forgiveness, Tom, until you uh, until you took us there. It's uh, that's good. Yeah, it kind of raises the ante on that. Uh, love one another as I have loved you, because when you think about it, first of all, we brought in, which is not explicitly stated here, we brought in the willingness to die for another person. I mean, mm-hmm. take it to that extent. But then, even after we're being taken to our death to forgive those who are responsible for it. And really, when you get right down to it, that's the essence of the love of Jesus. When he says, love one another as I've loved you, that's that's what he did. I mean, that, that, not only did he die for our sins, he died for people who have insulted him, mm-hmm. but he forgave the people who were causing the immediate you know, death um, on the spot. Yeah. You know, and uh, I, I think that's the, you know, that that really kind of raises the, and, and it puts the whole thing in a different perspective because in the Old Testament, you didn't have that kind of, 
that kind of love. But the other thing too, and this came up in one earlier in the week uh, with a gospel reflection group, they said, and you, you guys brought it up, this if, you know, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. And somebody says, what happened to God's unconditional love? It says if here, it says if a couple times, if you do what I command you, you know, I'll no longer call you slaves, I'll call you friends. And then you brought up, Rob, if you forgive others, you'll be forgiven. And the, the thing we have to remember is that Jesus, and it's, it's embedded right here. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love. My love's always there. Mm-hmm. If you don't keep the commandments, you're the one that stepped away. Mm-hmm. But just like Jesus says, the Father's love is like the sun. It's always shining. It's just a matter of whether you're in the house or outside, whether you're going to experience it or feel it. We're the ones that cause the shade. We're the ones that cause the separation. Uh, God's love is always available. Jesus' love is always available. We will remain in it if if we keep ourselves there. If we separate ourselves or we choose not to love as he loved, then we've separated ourselves. And that's you know, that's a condition that we create, not a condition that God creates. It's not God's love is not conditional. Ours is, unfortunately. Yeah. Right. And well, so, and when we step away, when we sin, we've broken the relationship. That's, mm-hmm. I think, that what you're saying. That was the important point, Tom. Yeah. God doesn't stop loving us. You know, and of course, people say, like, well, how can people be in hell, for example? Well, yeah. because you, God's honoring your wish to be apart from him. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. He loves us so much that, you know, I had those debates, not debates, but discussions with kids in class, you know, um, God will respect your free will. So if you choose right. to be away from me, I, he's not going to force himself upon us. Right. Um, because then, right, that's what, a, that's what a slave master does. He calls it, he says, you know, you're no longer slaves. You know, you know the whole story. I'm not, there's no, there's no you know, a, a slave doesn't know what the master wants, you know, and in our, in our faith and our spiritual life, everything is revealed. We know we know everything. We know the plan. It's it's mm-hmm. a, it's love freely offered to us um, that we have to that we choose then to uh, to accept and to follow. So there's no there's no mystery. There's no oh ha ha I gotcha. You know yeah. it's it's all out there. So um that's that's the beautiful part of it. And sin is what actually gets us into into the slavery. Yeah. You know uh, you know we talked about that once before. We think we're free, but we're slaves to sin. Now the freedom comes through um, seeing the clear path through this life to heaven and and following it wholeheartedly. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure it's in the psalm somewhere where it says you know, that you know meditating. Uh, what you know, what brings me joy is meditating on your commandments, meditating on your statutes day and night. Right. Yeah. So if if this one if is if you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love. So who, you know, I think we all want to remain in His love. Yeah. Jesus telling us how. So we need to meditate. We need to study. Right. We need to get our mind and our hearts connected. We need to yeah. know what His commandments are. And if He's saying that if this is the if this is the if you know, in order to remain in his love is if I keep his commandments, I really need to know what his commandments are and, and really dig deep and pray into, pray into that to find out where I'm not keeping his commandments. Cause I want to, I want to remain. Um, I don't want to go in and out and, and you know, the, the payoff, his joy, right. That we might have his joy and our joy might be complete. That's awesome. Um, and, and, and the sacrifice, a lot of times when we go into something when we go into a sacrifice, um, even if we go in kicking and screaming, right? We go into it. Once we're finished, and then we leave, I usually feel a little better, right? Yeah, yeah. You usually feel a lot better on the yeah. way out than on the way in, and that's that's the joy that God wants to give us. That you know, He He's saying sacrifice. Sacrifice is where it's at because that's true love. And then when we love, that's you know, the joy is going to be there. That's I call that the high school retreat experience because when when I was in high school, every retreat that I went on, especially if it was overnight, 
it was like, oh no, yeah. And but when it's over, it's like you'd stay mm-hmm. another day or two. You know, it's just. But going in is always, you know, it's always that oh, you have to do this. But you don't get the benefit of it until the end, and then you realize it, this was really worth it. Sometimes you don't want to leave. You made some good friends. You got to know people you didn't know as well. So It's the old exercise analogy. I don't want to go exercise, but, yeah, you know, yeah. but you lace up your shoes, get out there, and then when you're done, ah, oh, thank God that I did. Yeah. You know, And there's things like that, I think, in our spiritual life. Um, kids would always ask in class, you know, if I really am not, like, into mass, like, should I go? You know, that type of thing. You know, it was like their rationale was, well, if I'm not yeah. really committed, and I'd always say, I use the example of, like, a treadmill. You know, you could be totally against the idea of the treadmill and the idea of the doing the, or the walk or whatever it is, you know, whatever exercise it is, you know, and the whole time you could be fighting, like, I don't want to be doing this. But I know darn well you're going to get a benefit out of that. You know, and yeah. I'd say that about, you know, mass, you know, not that this is why we should go to mass and like the minimalistic thinking here. But the idea is I know this for sure. I tell the kids, if you go to mass, right, you definitely have the opportunity for grace and for growth. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you don't, you absolutely do not. So right. in our spiritual life, sometimes, you know, well, why go to that retreat, go to that conference, pray that rosary, do that prayer, you know, oh, does it really matter? What I know to be true is if you do not cultivate that 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 spiritual life, if you do not seek to remain in God's love, you you will you know you will put yourself out. You will slide down that slope, um, you know, of, of moving out of God's love. When we do these things, we don't always see the immediate uh, you know the, the impact. We don't always get an emotional high, or whatever it is. Um, but these are the things that we do. Um, it's 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 the mar- it, it's the it's the marathon. It's the long haul yeah. um, that we're looking for. So little spiritual exercises, we may not see the instant in effect, but those little things are, is what keeps us, uh, you know, on that on that path of staying in God's love. And if we uh, look at uh, like why we don't want to do, if we stop at that moment and say, "Wait a minute, why why don't I want to do this?" and it could be a clue mm-hmm. as to what's holding me back from becoming like a better person or whatever. Like, why don't I want to go to this conference? Mm-hmm. Like, what is it in me? What selfishness or something mm-hmm. that's holding me back. Which of the deadly sins am I? <laughs> yeah. Which, sloth, sloth, which, sloth. Which <laughs> then indicates what virtue I might need to yeah, work yes. on, you know. Right. So. That's good time because you said, what is it within me? Because most times we're looking, yeah. right. oh, priest is boring, singing is no good, pews are uncomfortable, yeah. the retreat's going to be, but we're always looking out. Mm-hmm. But that's a challenge time. What is it within yeah. me? Well, and two, I think, I think you know, Tom, I used, when I was teaching high school, I had the same kids go, I don't get anything out of mass. And this was back in the late 70s when, you know, it, it, the mass had changed and people, you know, they weren't into the music so much and stuff like that. But the other, the thing I used to say, and it's in keeping with what both of you mentioned, is that, you know, if you're reading a book and you don't understand it, what do you what do you do? Do you put the book away and you put it up on the shelf and you just go lay down and it'll come to you, you know? No, what do you you reread it, right? If you take yourself away from the thing that you're trying to understand, appreciate, grow in you know, in in strength or an understanding, like you're going to close the book, put it on the shelf and you're going to go watch TV and it's just going to come to you what it means because you haven't reread the words. Maybe there's some words in there you don't know. Maybe there's things you have to you have to appreciate, but it's like I'm not going to go to mass because I don't get anything out of it. But you're out fishing Sunday morning, and all of a sudden it comes to you. Oh, I should be in mass, and you're going to throw the rod down and run to mass, right? That, that's never going to happen. <laughs> or you're laying, t- you know, laying on a couch watching TV, or w- better, you're laying in bed asleep, and all of a sudden it's going to hit you why you should be in mass. No, you, you have to be at mass to find out why you're at mass. You know, <laughs> stop reading. And sometimes when we look at these the gospels in chunks, 
and we got, got a chance to do this this past week at, at a school visit, a few school school visits. Uh, we started with the Good Shepherd, Good Shepherd mm-hmm. Sunday, where Jesus said, "I am the I am the Good Shepherd. You know, my sheep hear my voice." Um, so we need to put ourselves in position. You know, if we're not yeah. in a position to hear God's, He's always speaking to us, but we need to right. be aware and put ourselves in the position to hear His voice. That's you know, to your to your explanation about mass versus fishing. Um, you know, we can hear God's voice fishing as well, right? That. But we don't yeah. want to say no mass fishing. So go to mass and then go fishing, and you'll be able to hear his voice even, and even that'll, clearer. That'll make fishing a more spiritual experience, but it's not going to make mass better. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, it's so, not. What's the body and blood? You know, there's, this is fish. You know, and then this word remains. So the, you know, the good shepherd says, "Hear my voice." And then his voice says to us the very next Sunday, which was last Sunday, yeah. remain in my love, remain in me, remain in me, you know, the vine, the branches, remain in me. And we talked about the vine and branches. And he said, what if we just cut a branch and, and the vine and the branches are all connected to a fence or whatever, and you cut it and the, the branch doesn't fall, you cut it. And, you know, from the outside, it looks like it's connected. What's going to happen to that branch? And all the kids said, it's going to die. And I said, just like us, you know, if we're in close proximity to God, you know, you're in a Catholic school, you're real close, you see, you know, crucifixes and statues and pictures all over the place. But to remain is your choice. You're the only one that can make a choice to remain with him. That, and back to free will. So the good shepherd, hearing his voice, he says to us last Sunday, remain in my love. And I asked him, do you guys want to do something with your life? I said, raise your hand if you want to be the, you know, the most ep- epic failure in, uh, in, in, your, in your county. No one raised their hand. Who wants to do something? And they all raised their hand. I said, all right, so the good shepherd is telling you that you can do nothing without him. Right? Last Sunday, without me, you can do nothing. So he's saying, listen to my voice. My voice is going to tell you to remain in me. Remain in me because you want to do stuff. And if you want to do stuff, you need to remain in him because without him, you can do nothing. I said, if that's true, which it is, what's the opposite? That's also true. With him, we can do some stuff. Yeah, with him, Mm -hmm. you can do. With with him, all things are possible, which leads us to this Sunday because he's going to give us the hardest commandment to love one another as he's loved us. Without him, we can do nothing. So without remaining in him, there's no way we can love others or even come close to loving others as he's loved us. So when you piece it all together, the good shepherd yeah. is, is giving us the key and it's him, right? We need to stay with him so he can fill us, not to, for, then, for us to empty ourselves completely, but to be filled to the point of overflowing. And then the overflow of his love, his joy, his peace hits the people around us. But it, it starts with us yeah. in humility, remaining in him. And that's a great example of, of what you know. I used to tell the kids about. If you don't go, you're not you. You would never get that message. You would never get those connections if you don't go to mass. And and to your point, Tom, you know, part of what I think for me when I was growing up, you know, grade school and high school is when you have those realizations. Now, something like that might not come until high school or or college, but you that that's where you become more introspective. Like, why am I not more attentive? Why don't I? And then I started thinking about why don't I hear the readings? Is something you ever sit through the readings and you're done and you hear the gospel and the priest is talking mm-hmm. about the gospel? And he's like, I didn't even hear the thing, you know. <laughs> but it's that that whole thing. Like we start thinking about maybe I should be more attentive at mass. Maybe I should be more open to the scriptures. Maybe I should go read the scripture before I come to mass. Maybe that would make it more meaningful. You know, you start looking for those things that are going to make the experience more what you're looking for as opposed to, oh, I don't get anything. I'm going to go, you know, 
I'm going to stay in bed, you know. And Tom, we, we just, as a ministry, we just received a, a beautiful gift, many gifts through the work that you do in the, in the schools, the Catholic schools in the, in the diocese when the teachers have brought gospel reflection into their into the classrooms. classrooms. They had some of the yeah. kids write yeah. letters. Isn't, yeah. Wasn't that some of the feedback that the yeah. kids, can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, some of the kids were, you know, and they're honest. <laughs> they're, you know, junior high kids and, 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 you know, early freshmen, sophomores. And they said, you know, we don't go to mass every Sunday, but now, you know, I, I, I like to encourage my parents to go because I want to hear what the priest is going to say. I want to hear, you know, we talk about it on Friday or we talk about it on Monday and I get together with a group of my friends and the teacher's not looking over our shoulder and we're just sharing with each other. And I want to, you know, I want to have something to say, or I want to be able to, you know, relate to, to them. And so it's, you know, it's important. It's kind of important to go. And there, are, you know, several of the letters, many of the letters came through and said, we didn't, we don't usually go to mass, but I've been after my parents, and now they're, you know, they get. And you think about it that it's it's a great thing because kids, like if they had a soccer game, they'd make sure their parents were taking them to the soccer game or a lacrosse practice or something like that. So if a kid wants to go to Mass and they nag their parents, I'm sure the majority of parents, especially if they have their kid in a Catholic school, are going to say, no, we're not going this morning. Of course they're going to take them. They're, you know, they're going to probably be happy, be thankful. And then maybe they'll realize they should be going regularly. You know, it's like it's an optional thing now for people. A lot of a lot of Catholics, well, we all know that. I mean, and not only would they gear up for that sporting event, but they'd pick out their uniform yeah. and their costume ahead of time and have yeah. their face paint and, and plan on the uh, sure parking lot uh, yeah. tailgating. And uh, and they'd probably stay until the very end, you know. Yeah. Again, I mean, it's not to pick on people, but if we approach yeah. Mass that way, you know, yeah. no, let's not fly in, you know, just in time to make the gospel. Let's think about what we're wearing. Because again, all those things develop the mindset. When you put on those colors and paint your face for a sporting event, you're going, I'm getting into this. We throw clothing yeah. on last minute, like, oh, I don't care. God doesn't care if I'm wearing this or that. It's not about <laughs> what God cares about. It's about your yeah. preparation. You know, right. we got to park so we can head out, you know, right after communion to beat the traffic. If, if we approached, you know, our yeah. the liturgy, the way we approach some of these other events that we go to, wow, yeah. we, we, you know, we might get a lot more out of it if we actually, you know, but all those little things matter because they yeah. prepare us for the experience. And if we go in as that open cup, then we'll receive. Well, we go in closed, looking at our watch, you know, oh, not another verse of that. Let's get out of here. You know, we're, we're missing all the opportunities for grace that are right there in front of us. Yeah. Our Lord is, is so, so merciful, so loving, and, and gives us these opportunities to gather like we're doing here in the studio and, and with you all out there in your cars and at work, at home, um, just to hear from our Father. And, and we kind of skimmed right over the, the, the first line, as the Father loves me, so I also love you. And if someone was asked to write an essay on how much does the father love the son? I mean, where would we start? I mean, we can't even wrap our heads around mm. that kind of love. And Jesus is saying, as the father loves me, so I also love you. We are, as humans, we are all built to, we have a desire to be desired. We have a desire to be delighted in. We have a desire to be chosen, not just kind of, okay, you can, you can come, right? We have this desire and Jesus is saying, like the Father loves me, that's how much I love you. So let's remain in his love. Let's get ready to, to put our, our face paint on and, and get to get to Mass and, uh, and stay until the end and remain in him. God bless you all. Have a great day. Bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. 
for information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him. Thank you.